At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, Jesse, I thought you charged up the vehicle last night. I did. It's fully charged. No, it's not. We only have 206 miles of range. Normally, it's 300. Yeah, it's at 100% set of charge, though. Wait, what? No, no, but I mean, this is a 300-mile battery. Yeah, you bought the extended range, right? Yeah. So, I mean, how are you going to make it today? we got to go pick up that stuff. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's cold? We lost 94 miles of range because it's cold? <laughs> I guess. Uh, I guess we're going to have to test that out. Uh, let's test it with both the Ford and the Rivian. We've had both these trucks sitting overnight fully charged, so let's go do a long drive and see if their stated range is truly this bad. Okay. All right, next. Now you know. This is the time of year a lot of people are trying to get back on track with the resolutions and healthy habits, and that includes me. Yeah, I know that I've been trying to get a bit more carb conscious and eat less sugar. Magic Spoon has been a great high protein treat that I can eat at any time of day. Thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this video. Magic Spoon is cereal reinvented with zero grams of sugar. Enjoy some of your childhood favorites like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and maple waffle. Plus other awesome flavors, including blueberry muffin and cinnamon roll. And if you're on the go, Magic Spoon cereal bars have one gram of sugar, 10 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs, and only 130 calories per bar. Start your new year off right with Magic Spoon. Click the link below and use our code for $5 off your very own variety box and choose from Magic Spoon's best-selling flavors. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Also, for our Canadian and British fans, Magic Spoon also ships to Canada and the UK. Click the link below and use our code NYK for $5 off your very own variety box and choose from Magic Spoon's best-selling flavors. So click the link below and use the code NYK for $5 off or go to magicspoon.com slash NYK to save $5 off your order today. So to be scientific, we charged the Rivian R1T and the Ford Lightning Lariat up to 100% and then we unplugged them at about 5 p.m. the night before our test and we went out to both trucks at about 9 a.m. the next morning. The temperature that night got down to about 19 degrees Fahrenheit or about minus 7 degrees Celsius. The Ford showed a range of 206 miles, which is about 35% lower than advertised. And the Rivian. So I just got in the Rivian and um, I mean, I'm getting some beeps, but nothing's coming to life. Yeah, I can roll up and down the window. Weird. Okay, so I'm able to drive without any screens coming to life. So that means I can drive the vehicle, but so, it's not a wind for Ford. <laughs> uh, wait, what? Wait, you don't have power steering? I've lost power steering. I mean, our test today was going to be both the Rivian and the Ford, but I'm not driving this anywhere if I'm not having any screens. What if we were up on a mountain and we had to get home with no power steering? Yeah, I'm getting some heat. Yeah, that's warm. But I don't know how to set the heat. You probably can't. Oh man, this is not good. I think we have to call Rivian. So we're like a week after getting the car back. Yeah. And we've taken it for a couple drives. Um, and I mean, it's been cold, 
but I had no idea this was going to happen. And the screens are not coming back to life. I, I think we don't drive this one today. No, I think we just have to take the Ford. We'll take just the Ford. We'll plug this guy back in. Hopefully it comes back to life, but that's not good. Oh boy. Yeah, we wanted to test both trucks for you, but apparently one night in the cold was too much for an adventure truck. And I would have loved to sit there in the cold and troubleshoot the truck, uh, but we had hundreds of miles to drive and a limited window to test. So the Rivian was a DNF. So we hopped in the Ford, set off for a destination about 90 miles away to see if the Ford's estimation was correct. All right, so it's warmed up to a balmy 25 degrees. Uh, we warmed up the cab for about five minutes and now we've got 203 miles of range. So we haven't even left yet and uh, we're down to 203 miles. And uh, we're gonna go test out to see if this is really accurate. We've also filled the tire pressure back up to regular tire pressure. So that's not gonna be anything that'll hold us back. Now, I sort of thought that, sure, there would be range loss in the winter, but that it was mostly due to a cold battery pack. And that as the battery pack warmed up, we'd start to see a bit more range. It's what happens in Teslas. In fact, they show it to you. So you thought that the lightning was giving like a conservative range number? Yeah, I just couldn't believe that it would actually lose 35%. So by the time we left, we had 203 miles in the Ford. So we set off and started to look into what was causing range loss. Oh, you know, one thing I like about Teslas um, is that you can go in on the screen and you can get some data about what's going on, like how much energy you're using to heat the, the cabin, yep. stuff like that. So why don't you go in here and see what uh, energy we're using? Okay, give me 10, 15 minutes and I'm <laughs> sure right. I'll be able to find it. We got plenty of time. We drove three miles away from the house and then realized we forgot the easy pass. So we drove three miles back and then we set off again. And we started to figure out why our range was so low. This shows that the climate use is about 20% of the energy use so far. And that's about 27 miles into the trip. 68% is the driving, 3% accessories, and 9% is exterior temperature. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that this is so much, but um, maybe it'll keep dropping as we go. And if we're talking about the amount of range that we're expecting to lose, which is about 30%, well, 21% plus 8%, that's 29%. So maybe that is why uh, Ford is giving us this estimate saying, hey, you got to use a lot of energy to keep yourself warm. And it's cold outside, which is affecting the battery. So that's why you're losing 30% of your range. Okay, so our destination in New Hampshire was a 90 mile trip away. And if we add in our flub at the beginning, that means 96 miles on the first leg. And going by the range number on the Ford, we used 87 miles of range. We'll call it on-screen range. All right, we've reached Plymouth, New Hampshire. We have um, 116 miles of estimated range in the tank. So it basically took what it thought it was gonna take to get here. And I'm kind of worried about getting home because it's 89 miles home and we've only got 116 miles in the tank, which means we've only got like 27 miles of range when we get back. Now let's look at the energy usage. So we kept turning the temperature down as we went, as the cabin got warmer. We were using 15% for climate use, 75% for driving, 2% accessories, and 8% was because the battery is cold. That adds up to the 15 plus the 10 is 25%. That does seem roughly in line with the 33% that it's it says it lost. So um, let's drive back and see if these numbers hold. Okay, so we traveled 96 miles and used 87 miles of on-screen range on the first leg. And then we headed back home, but before we did, we thought we'd try turning off the climate control to save energy. And I think one more thing we're gonna try and do is we're gonna shut off the AC. Oh. Okay, we're shutting off the AC. Uh, we're just gonna, what, put the seat warmers on one? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll hopefully be using less climate use and we'll see what that does. We ended up not keeping it off the whole way home since the windshield kept fogging up 
and there was no way to just blow air like I thought cars had that ability. That's back in the 80s when you could just blow air on the windshield. Um, so anyway, I couldn't figure out how to turn off the heat and blow air. So we just had to turn climate control back on or else we wouldn't have been able to see. But before we turned it back on, we got some data and it seemed like it made a small difference. This was right before we turned back on the air conditioning, the heat, 79% driving use. And it seems to have reflected a bit in the mileage. 80 miles uh, remaining in the tank. So maybe we gained 10-ish miles. Not sure. So we drove 90 miles back. As soon as we got under 50 miles of range left, we got a low range warning on the Ford. On our return trip, again, 90 miles, we used 81 miles of on-screen range. That's what the Ford told us. So we got home from a 186-mile trek with 35 miles in the battery. So the range estimate was pretty correct. Yay. Yeah, I mean, the Ford Lightning that we bought, the Lariat, has an advertised range with its extended range battery of 320 miles. So what we found is that it's not like that in the cold. Now, let's be absolutely clear here. All vehicles have less range in the winter. All electric vehicles and all gas vehicles are affected by lower temperatures. In gas cars, the engines and transmissions have higher friction, and in EVs, chemical reactions that power batteries are slowed by lower temperatures, which lowers the range. The air is denser, all the way down to the wheel bearing stuff just doesn't like to move as much when it's cold. On top of that, one of the jobs of a car is to keep the occupants warm. This usually isn't a big deal in a fuel-burning car, since combustion engines are at best about 30% efficient, much less on a cold day. Yeah, so there's all that extra heat, but that inefficient heat loss of an ICE engine is just perfect to keep the humans in the car warm. EVs, on the other hand, which usually operate in the high 90% efficiencies, don't generate that much heat, and they need to rely on either resistive heaters or heat pumps to warm the cabin, and they use a lot of energy to turn those things on. So all EVs lose range in the winter. Teslas, Kias, Bolts. Yes, but some of them relay that information in different ways, and some don't tell you at all. Tesla, for instance, uses a rated range, which assumes that the car is going to run at a certain efficiency no matter what. But when the battery gets cold, Tesla displays a snowflake icon on the dash to show you that you have less range. If you go to the charging menu, you will see a blue portion of the battery bar showing you how much range is unavailable due to the battery being too cold. This represents the amount of energy you should be able to access again if you warm the battery back up. It's a bit confusing. So it has to use its own energy to heat the battery up, like with resistive heating or a heat pump? Not necessarily. Um, you should be able to unlock that energy if you drive the car enough. Uh, basically, the waste heat from the battery and motors of the car, in many cases, uh, will generate enough heat to warm the battery pack up. It's not enough to warm up like the cabin or anything like that, but the battery pack itself, as it's discharging through driving, will warm itself up and you'll get some of that range back because the temperature of the pack will actually increase. I know it's weird. That seems like perpetual motion or something. <laughs> OK, but that's still rated range, meaning that it's showing you a rosy range estimate, right? Well, Tesla is a bit interesting in that when you select a destination using the in-car navigation, the car will use all the factors at its disposal to give you an accurate range at arrival, taking into account things like ambient air temperature, elevation changes, traffic, speed, acceleration, deacceleration, and all of that different stuff. 
And that range estimate can differ from the rated range that it shows you in the upper corner of your screen. Okay, wait. So if you wanted to go, say, 100 miles from point A to point B in the summer when it's warm, and let's say your Tesla was going to run at rated efficiency, and let's say that your Tesla was telling you that you had 200 miles in the battery, then the route planning on your screen would tell you that you would arrive at point B with 100 miles of remaining range. Right. But to make the same trip in the winter, let's say that it was going to be, I don't know, 10% less efficient due to heating the cabin and also other winter-related inefficiencies. Assuming the battery was warm, the remaining range indicator would still show 200 miles of rated range, just like in the summer. Okay. But if I typed in point B into the on-screen route planning, it would take into account the winter conditions and tell me that I would arrive at point B with 90 miles of remaining range. Okay, that's kind of weird. But most people don't even notice the difference, which is good because they get less freaked out about the short distances that they do every day, and route planning takes care of the more challenging trips. It's a way that Tesla reduces range anxiety because your car will probably have the same range estimate all year, which makes you feel good when you look down at it, even though it's definitely losing range. It all works because Teslas have larger battery packs and an excellent supercharging system. So winter is less of a problem than with other EVs. And the fact that range loss is happening can be hidden from Tesla drivers. That's really interesting because until we've started to drive, you know, I, I have a Leaf. And so I never expect anything of it in the wintertime. But now we have the Rivian and the Ford. And this was one of the first cold days that we've had the Ford. And so as we've driven the Ford, I now get to see a completely different um philosophy, if you mm. will, on how to tell me about it. And that's why I freaked out. So many other electric vehicles use a GOM or a gasometer, and they come in all shapes and sizes. At worst, in my opinion, is what my 2013 Nissan Leaf has. It takes the last five miles or something that you've traveled, and it takes that efficiency to guess how much range you will have left. This would work great if I always traveled at the same speed in the same conditions consistently. Uh, but what often ended up happening was that I would drive about five miles on back roads, traveling very efficiently at 30 or 40 miles an hour. My gasometer took that efficient driving and extrapolated it with my current battery level. And it would tell me that I could travel about 90 miles. Great. But after the five miles, I'd finally get to the highway on ramp and I would get on the highway doing about 65 and the gasometer would drop like a stone. Suddenly, I would only have like 45 miles left after only going an exit or two. So, I mean, that system sucks because it isn't really taking anything into account and it freaks people out. Right. And on top of that, my Leaf has a very small battery, no route planning and very few places to charge, which means that it wouldn't have been able to get away with lying to me like my Tesla does. And that brings us back to the Ford F-150 Lightning. It doesn't seem to use the Leaf's gasometer, but it's also not using rated range like Tesla. Right. It seems to be using a kind of smart gasometer that at least knows the temperature. And it seemed to be pretty accurate. Well, let's take a look. The first leg, we traveled 96 miles and used about 86 miles of the on-screen range. Then we went 90 miles home and used 81 miles of on-screen range. So on average, between the two legs, we got nearly 10% further than what it stated on the screen. So that would theoretically give it a range of 226 miles of true range. So, I mean, the lightning was being extra conservative. Yeah. 
Now, of course, we could have probably kept driving after it read zero miles of range. We are not talking about that because that's typically not good for the battery and that limp range is left as an emergency measure. But still, 226 miles of range is about 30% less than the 320 miles of advertised range on Ford's website. So we have an accurate-ish gasometer with some extra range built in. It causes range anxiety because, let's be honest, if you notice the range dropping a lot, you're going to worry about it. Yeah, like I did the other morning. I mean, I worry about the people who bought the standard range truck. Are they going to have their trucks tell them that they have like 154 miles of range on a cold day instead of the 240 miles of range which they bought it with? And with a less robust charging network, they're not going to be able to do everything that they want to do in the winter. That's exactly what happened to us. On our trip, there was only one Electrify America charging stop on our trip. And it wasn't really even a good spot for our trip. And so we had to really worry about that. But hey, at least they're able to drive their trucks. The Rivian didn't even start correctly. Yeah, but that is a whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> but look, I want to address a really important point that I want to leave everyone with at the end of this video. There's been a ton of cold weather range testing on Teslas. For instance, Bjorn Nyland routinely tests all kinds of Tesla models in frigid Norway. For example, in this test, he drove a 2021 Tesla Model 3. He drove 183 miles from 100% state of charge down to 7% state of charge. And I, I won't bore you with all the math, but that's a 44% range loss from what the car should have done in warm weather. That was at slightly different temperatures and road conditions that we experienced, so I'm not going to compare apples to apples here, but we got a 30% range loss with the Ford. The big difference is that Tesla hides range loss from you. And I can see why you got freaked out that morning, mm. because instead of finding out as we drove, uh, you knew before you even left the driveway that we didn't have as much range that you were used to seeing. Exactly. Ford uses a pretty accurate gasometer, and Tesla has a very accurate trip calculator. But unlike the Ford, Tesla never shows you actual range loss. So in our example earlier in this episode, we said that the Tesla would tell you 90 miles of range remaining. That's actually not true. Tesla doesn't tell you remaining miles or kilometers, only battery percentage. And that's how Tesla tricks its drivers into not being afraid of the cold. And I never got that before because I thought, well, they're giving you the data. It's telling you the percentage. But you're absolutely right. I don't sit there and go, OK, so 9% and my battery normally gets me 257 miles. So if I do the math, blah, blah. I just don't. I just go, oh, I've got 9% left in the battery. And there's been so many times where I go, I know that I'm going to get to that destination with that percentage, but I wish I knew how many miles. Right. And it's actually better for me to just plan the rest of my trip through Tesla route planning because it'll take into account all of the different factors between temperature and elevation changes, which make a very big difference on range. And I guess this is kind of the real subtle point that we're leaving you with here, mm. which is kind of weird to hear from these Tesla guys that were telling you that Tesla's lying to you. It's okay that they're lying to you because of the supercharger network, because of the fact that their cars are so efficient anyway that normally if there's a problem, it just routes you to a supercharger. You charge up for 10 or 20 minutes, you get back on. With the Ford, we would not have had that option. On the trip that we took, if we had run into trouble, there were no high power chargers. So we would have had to go find like a level two charger and wait all day and it would have been a mess. And it's two factors, really. It's, it's route planning and it's having a charging network that is robust enough and reliable enough that you can make plans even when your range is, I mean, Bjorn had 44% range loss. Right. 
He had a car that normally had over 300 miles of EPA-rated range, yep. and he could make it less than 200 miles on it. Now, don't forget, he was driving in snowy conditions. He was driving was, up mountains. Right. This is Norway. But was he concerned? No, because the whole time his car was telling him that he was going to arrive with enough range and he was able to push his speed. He was able to do lots of different things in order to, you know, get there with a lower state of charge, which honestly isn't that big a deal as long as it's not zero. And this is one of those points that you're going to hear a lot from people who don't drive EVs and they're like, yeah, but I heard in the winter you can't go as far. And they're absolutely right. You do get range loss in the winter. But it's just never been a problem in Teslas. And I think that's the big thing we're noticing here. It is a big problem with non-Teslas because they're not able to charge at the network and they don't have that route planning. Just to add a little caveat to that, on the fringes of the supercharger network in upper Canada, let's say, and places where there aren't that many superchargers, I would say that it, it is a problem yep. for uh, people who buy Teslas. Um Usually, though, the ranges are sufficient to get them to most superchargers, unless we're talking right. about Alaska. Um, but even in Alaska, they're starting to come out with superchargers. So I think that for a majority of people who live within the Tesla sphere, and by Tesla sphere, I mean places where there's superchargers, they are never going to have to worry that their car is actually lying to them, giving them a rated range, which it's never going to hit in the winter, um, and that them cranking the climate control up to high and zooming down the highway at 80 miles an hour, there's going to be a supercharger that they could stop at um, and that the route planning gives them the confidence to do that. Now, the Ford F-150 is a pickup truck. You're going to use it for things like towing, hauling, and plowing someday when they allow you to put a plow on it. Um, and under those conditions in the cold, I will say you may not want to use this truck because at the moment uh, you may not have the range you need to do what you need to do with it. Um, once we get to a better charging network, hopefully a lot of those problems will go away. But that is something we want to point out to you folks that are looking into getting a truck. And I think this is why so many people are on the list for the Cybertruck. Because it's going to solve all of the problems that the Ford has. Again, it's not really that big a deal that the Ford can only go you know, 200-ish or so miles when it should have been able to go over 300. The biggest problem is that we had range anxiety about yep. it. The range anxiety is actually the thing that really, really sucks. Yep. Now, in some cases, it's granted. But if you can basically fool yourself into not needing to worry about it and fool yourself by having a lot of expensive charging infrastructure and excellently written uh, route planning, then it's less of an issue. And I think the thing is, if we had been using a better route planner, we would have felt a lot more confident about our trip and felt less worried because it would have been able to give us more accurate numbers. Right. Yeah. And unfortunately, on many of these trucks, I mean, the Rivian, the Ford, we just haven't seen any kind of really good route planning. We hope you found this episode interesting. This is the kind of in the weeds stuff we do from time to time, but it really shouldn't be considered in the weeds if you think about it, because a lot of the planet's cold and a lot of the planet has EVs of all types. So uh, we hope that you found this interesting. I know it's nuanced, but that's the kind of stuff we do here. And if you want to support us, head on over to our Patreon. That's where you can join us for as little as a buck a month and get to see all of our Patreon bonus stories every week. That's a, a perk that we give our Patreons because we want to give back to you for giving to us. So consider doing that. Go check it out. If you don't like it, you can just stop doing it. And I'm really glad that we got to bring you this really interesting and nuanced secret that now you know. <laughs>